Hello and welcome to this new podcast, the Progressive Rugby League Podcast. Progressive Rugby League, I hear you ask yourself in a slightly whiny voice, what in the name of sweet Jupiter's dangly parts is that? Well, we'll get to that in a moment, you impatient sods. But first, more importantly, you need to know who it is that you're talking to. My name is The Slug, and I'm joined here by my very good friends, Al. Hello. Or Big Al. Thank Not quite sure much. yet. We'll, we'll see That's which one. That's like it. We'll see which one uh, sort of suits a bit better as we go along. And Jono. G'day. That's Jono. He waves. Yeah, Jono, why are you waving? <laughs> it's an audio podcast. So, gentlemen, it's a, it's a delight to be starting this rugby league journey with you in this the 110th season mm. of the premier rugby league competition in the world. But, um, as I said, this is called the Progressive Rugby League Podcast. So, before anything else, I guess we've got to explain what is Progressive Rugby League. Jono? It's a good question, Slug. Uh, the short answer is I don't know. And, uh, but let me expand. So for me, at the moment, this season is about a journey to find out what Progressive Rugby League is. But right at the moment, here's what I think. It's about a feeling. It's, it's less about thoughts and about a feeling. A feeling of how the game should be played and a feeling of what the game stands for. Let me, let me flesh this out for you in terms of how the game should be played. So I'll give you an example. It's 14 all. There's five minutes to go. Your team is playing some other team. Your team has got to that position by completing sets, you know, just playing the percentages. The other team... Following the systems in the process. That's right, mm. the one percenters. The other team's thrown it around a bit. A progressive rugby league fan understands that the other team deserves to win in the last five minutes. Right. So for me, that's one pillar of the game of progressive rugby league. It's that life is short. Throw the ball around. So what you're saying is there are rugby league fans and then there are progressive rugby league fans. Exactly. Fans who who get the game on a slightly higher level. Well, And it's something wanna... we should all sort of aspire <laughs> right. to. Yeah. I don't want to sort of look down on my fellow rugby league fans because I'm a lover of rugby league and rugby league fans. But uh, my point is, my point being that progressive rugby league it's about how the game is played. Entertain me. Life is short. So I guess, uh, to summarise your position, potentially uh, a, a progressive rugby league fan cares more that the game is the winner on the day than the team? Yeah, yeah. I don't like to use that terminology. but that, that, Bit of a that, cliche, I understand. I know you, you, you shy away from cliches. That's not what you're that's, about. That's, that's, that's roughly, that's that's roughly about that. So that's just one pillar. About That's how the game should be played. Another pillar is um, understanding what the game stands for. Right. So Progressive Rugby League reminds us where the game started. It started as a workers' rights issue. Mm. Mm. Amen. Amen. Let's not forget that. No. So that. So there's two pillars to it. And also, Progressive Rugby League reminds us that tragic story about the death of French Rugby League. Let's not <laughs> perhaps, forget that. Perhaps we can save that for... There's a whole episode's worth of content in that one. That's right. I'm looking forward to someone writing a book on that. <laughs> well, they already have. I've got it. I've read it. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. Uh, but I think, I think it's very clear that to be a progressive rugby league fan you need to have some love for french rugby league am, am i right absolutely you, can't, you can't have can't turn a blind eye to french rugby league <laughs> in any respect well international rugby league in general right. but french rugby league especially okay yeah um so so they're, they're two two pillars and i say the third pillar about a progressive rugby league fan is is realizing understanding that rugby league is the funniest sport in the world <laughs> and so 
They're my three pillars, really. It's life is short, throw it around. Remembering that rugby league started as a workers' rights issue. And three, it's a funny game. It's a funny game. <laughs> Do you think it's um, ever been forgotten that the game started as a workers' rights issue? I think it's often forgotten. Yeah, I, I would go as far as forgotten. I don't even think it's, it's ever really been acknowledged. And mm. that, that's something that the game probably suffers from in that not celebrating its uh, things that make it like fantastic, such as it's where it was born. Mm. Exactly. Why it was born. Why it was born, yeah, exactly. The, uh, I, you ask kids today, Slug, about what what they think about rugby league's um, origin story, and they'll just shrug. They'll just shrug their shoulders. I don't know. It started. They'll just started expect somewhere. it to appear on their Google screen. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, I guess we no had idea. to look for it. Yeah, we had to look for it. We we worked for it. Um, so yeah, that, that's basically what I think. I, I don't know. Um, There's a lot to take in there, Jono. Sure. Um, Al. Yeah, well, I, I, I think Jono's really hit the nail on the head in terms of what, what makes a progressive rugby league fan. And I, I from, from my perspective, it's really all about um, thinking long-term, thinking whole picture, and thinking about the health of the game in general. Mm. Right? Rugby league, as amazing as it is, suffers from acute short-term thinking and uh, self-interest um, parties, shall we say. You're so okay. it's all about getting out of the the crisis news cycle shall we say mm. uh, complaining about cheating rest because your team didn't win yeah. and really thinking about uh, what's the best result for the game to grow and to really take its mantle as the greatest game of all that's one thing that you've brought up an interesting point there Big Al and that is uh, complaining about refs now progressive rugby league fans try their hardest not to complain about refs because complaining about refs is the it's just dumb. It's dumb. It's an easy way it's, out. It's, too. it's right. It's, it's, it's dumb easy. because you know that uh, you know the people who have been complaining about the bunker the last couple of years. They are the same people who are complaining about refs the year before and saying something has to be done. They're the same people every year that say, um, "Oh, this is the worst season of refereeing I've ever seen." Uh, they're never going to be pleased. So uh, yes, that's a very good point you bring up. Referees, they're always going to make mistakes no matter which system you have. So get over it. A progressive rugby league fan always tries to talk the game up rather than down. And I would say the fact that there is such debate and conjecture over refer- refereeing decisions, it's it's another thing, another element that makes the game fantastic because it's a talking point. And it, it gets a oh, coffee machine talk, water cooler talk, yeah. worksite uh, tradie talk, everyone's yeah. talking about the referees. And that's just another, another thing that rugby league does so well is give you something, it gives you content. Content to be passionate about and content to, to talk to me. I agree with that, but I don't agree with that comment that you made about progressive rugby league fans have to always talk the game up. Always? I mean, well, so it, well, sometimes it deserves to be spoken down to no, and, and admonished. Of course, but only only progressively in that. So yes. therefore, not, not the easy kill of... Constructively. Uh, constructively, that's what I'll do. Constructive criticism, of course, it's welcome. A progressive rugby league fan thrives on constructive criticism. So would you throw into that pot also things like complaining about third-party payments constantly with the referees? Oh, 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 ah. that team, well, that team well, can only be there because of that. Can of worms. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you could go there just about salary cap, you know, the old salary. Oh, they're over the salary cap. That's why they're so good. Yeah, you yeah. know, that sort of thing. Yeah. I'm not sure about that one. That's, that's uh, a, the jury's I, out. I think complaining about TPAs, it's it's hard it's hard not to I suppose because it's it's uh, it's this thing that you know gives a team an advantage but no one knows anything about it and you just know that potentially your team 
doesn't have the same access to this magical box of money that another team has. So I, well, mm. they're good, not good enough to work the system so that they they're on a, a level playing field with, um, you know, your better admin. Well, that brings up a, a new a new point, and it's it's related. What is the progressive rugby league stance on the salary cap in general? Should we have one? Oh well, I would say uh, definitely. The game could the game could not live progressively without it. It's it's a it's a it's an equalisation mechanism. It, it's it, we all agree it's it's less than perfect, but without it, you'd have your Brisbans, your Melbournes, <laughs> your Melbourne, your Roosters, your Roosters, yeah, and. And that's yeah, probably right. about it every year. And if you want the game, the reason the game is so exciting and so and draws in draws in the, the TV ratings and those big broadcast dollars is because the result is always up for grabs every week. Like you'll have you'll have matchups that where you it's it's the likely outcome is team one is going to win, mm. but you know there is actually a chance that team two could get it. I take your point. What I would say in response is you look at the English Premier League. No salary cap. It's the most uh, popular sporting league in the world. And the, pretty much every year it's the same two or three teams that are going to win it. Um, so I, I tend to agree with you that salary cap is important for a progressive rugby league fan. But I think that's something we can workshop over the next few weeks. Oh, this whole concept of what is progressive rugby league is, is going to be a journey. It's a journey. Over, a the, journey. over this season, at the very least. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I kind of see it, I guess, as... Uh, making sure that you look at rugby league as something spiritual. Mm, I see. And it's also finding that balance between tradition Mm -hmm. and leaning towards the future. Yes. Is there a fine line that that blends both that will actually make the game better? Can it be found? That's a very good point. Can it be found? This this will be a a hot talking point slug, uh, I I would imagine, between the three of us as Progressive Rugby League fans, but the wider Progressive Rugby League fan Mm. community. Yeah. Because it will will divide opinion, that's for sure. Yeah, so I suppose we're talking here about a, a good example that fleshes this out is the idea of playing games at Suburban Ovals versus going to... A more metro ground. Yeah. Yep. What, what do we think about that? What's the suburban? So, have, have we got the mix right? <clears throat> have a few games at suburbans and the rest at uh, the bigger grounds. Is that a progressive stance? Uh, I, I, I suppose so. I, me, being a huge Tigers fan, so yep. that's out there. I'm, that's I'm, that I'm, is out there. That's, that's, that's it's in my blood. I can't avoid it. I've, I've tried to give them up. I can't. Yeah. Uh, so therefore, like I'd Oval holds a special place, you know, sure. in, in my in my in my heart, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it is embarrassing that a professional sport plays any games at that place. It's disgusting. Is when it embarrassing? Went there? Is it embarrassing or is it romantic? Well, so, I mean, the Progressive Rugby League so is a romantic I, at heart. I will agree that yes, it is romantic. So therefore, you can play the the league should allow them or the team should play one game a year there. For whatever special reason it is, hopefully get a great crowd, uh, enjoy the romanticism of the place. The the Latcham stand on the western end was was condemned for like the best part of the last twenty years. Have you been to the the, the urinals on the um the southern end? I have. It's just a wall with yeah. a line yes, indicating yes. what which you should which, which you should piss below. It's yeah. It's, are those lines practical. respected? Generally, but they're pretty high. Right. They're pretty okay. high. I think right. it's 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 more like a challenge. Actually, bet you can't piss above this line, and not yeah. people have. I mean, it's, it's an interesting one. I, I'm pretty happy with the mix, uh, and I think the progressive rugby league stance it recognises and appreciates its history, but it, it's not ruled by it. 
So I think the mix at the moment, uh, from my point of view, is appropriate. Yeah, it's working out that percentage. Yeah. Tradition and future. Yeah. So, you know, you, you can't, obviously, in a perfect world, you could have 100% tradition and the game still grows yeah. and is financially viable. Yeah. And, you know, becomes a, a world game even. Or a war of a world game. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> It's early days, you've got to let me once let, <laughs> let me go with one slip there. So what about you guys personally? I mean, people want to get a bit of a grasp on, on who you guys are. Mm. What has, um, what's rugby league meant to you? Like, you My know, rugby league journey. What, what's your rugby league story? Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, my, I'm, this is uh, Jono speaking here, ladies and gentlemen. I'm a, I'm a Parramatta fan from way back, and I grew up basically taking cues from my big brother. So everything he did, I did. He went for Parramatta, therefore I went for Parramatta. Mm. And we are in the area. And my greatest uh, memory of rugby league, of attending rugby league games, is actually my first memory, which is going to a Parramatta versus Great Britain game at Parramatta Stadium. With Parramatta at this stage, we're hopeless and always coming second last every year. Never last, but always second last. And we beat Great Britain 22-16 in front of 18,000. I, I just want to pause your story there. Sure. Uh, a progressive rugby league fan is born from his first memory of rugby league being incredibly progressive. A British tour. Yeah, yeah exactly. That, that's what you wow. saw. Yeah. Wow. And the atmosphere was one of the best rugby league atmospheres I've ever seen. So what, what year would you put that on? I think it would have been 1992. I would have been about eight or nine years old. All right, so we're the talking... Kangaroo Tour. Chariots of Fire era? Yes. Definitely. That was the game where Martin of Fire raced Lee Odin Ryan at halftime. And Martin O'Fire slipped over. And he was playing as well? He was playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he can get you. Or was he sitting on the bench all no, fresh ready well, for the I think they were both playing, but yeah, half time. So then you get a half time break, they had to do 100 minutes sprints. <laughs> That's right. And Martin, <laughs> Martin O'Fire slipped over at the start <laughs> and, so, and lost by five metres, but it was a, an intense experience. So anyway, my, my journey continues throughout the 90s. Parramatta gradually get better. And what I realise is when Parramatta get good, I am less uh, into it. I just care less. So, because I, I grew up and every victory was so valuable, and it was just like it made my day, it made my week, it made my month. Right. But then, like early 2000s, and okay, Paramount has never won a premierships in my uh, memory, although I was born when they, when they won premierships, but not in my memory. Um, but when they uh, were minor premiers, I think in 2001 and maybe 2005, those were years that I, I was less engaged. And it's because I think I grew up my formative years where every single win was just gold. And yeah, so yeah. when we were winning every week, it just it didn't feel as worthy. Yeah, and so, it. And I think that was my journey to progressive rugby league fandom. I realised what was going through, what was happening to me there. So, Is there a little touch of masochism there, do you think? Or? Look, there's, there's a tinge of sadness. Oh. I, do, um, I do envy uh, the fans that... Uh, watch the game and are riding it 100% of the way. Right. I can't do it. I can't it's do tough. it. I miss, I miss it's, that. It's, it's a tough life. Um, so, anyway, that's my journey. At the moment, yeah. I'm still a Parramatta fan, but to be honest, I don't really care if they win or not. <laughs> I was gonna, are you in a comfortable place with, with your relationship with rugby league right now? Yeah, I think, I think we've had our ups and downs. Uh, obviously, um, the Super League War was another formative experience for me, and oh. uh, that, was, that was a time that I was as close to rugby league as I've ever been, right? Uh, because I wanted it to survive, and it was it was struggling. 
but yeah, I think it's about ups and downs. But right now, we're in a good place. We respect each other. We expect each other's distance um, and boundaries. Yeah, I remember Super League Wars perversely exciting mm. that's how I kind of my vague memories of it Al you and Rugby League me and Rugby League well for those that know me um, even just a little bit in real life probably know that I'm I'm a huge fan I'm like I'm into it I'm <laughs> really into it mm. my family will make fun of me what little friends I have left all make fun of me or tolerate my you know my, my ramblings and my uh, endless talking points uh, but how did I get to this? How did I, how did I get this way? Mm. So uh, I've already disclosed that I'm a massive Tigers fan. So I grew up around that sort of around the area without being specific. Sure. Um, but in 1988, 1989, I was uh, maybe five or six years old. And mm. I had no idea what rugby league was, no idea what football was. But all I knew was the Tigers were the best. And Well, second best in, in that case. Well, all I knew that was they were, they were a big deal. They were a big deal. And so all I, I just have these great memories of all the, the everybody in my school were talking about the Bowman Tigers. Uh, there, there were paw prints painted on the footpath outside all the corner shops. So this is this must have been a very specific time in history. It must have been the like the week leading up to the grand final. But it mm. felt like it went for the whole year. I didn't know who any other teams were. I didn't know what the game was about. But I just knew Tigers are the best, and the Tigers are going to win, and that's really really great. And that's a period that uh, toughens a person up when uh, two losing grand finals. That's maybe well, the yeah, person that, perhaps that, that you are. So big I out. guess. Um, and so yeah, obviously they lost both of those grand finals. Eighty-eight didn't really affect me too much because I I was still very fresh to it all. But eighty-nine, there was expectation that you know this this was a thing that was going to happen. And I, I don't really remember anything about the game other than my dad telling me it's fourteen uh, all and there's extra time. Yes. Uh, and then obviously the images of all the players, especially Wayne Pierce, dejected. Uh, lying on the football pitch afterwards as Canberra uh, yeah. raised their It was salary. kind of mentally engaged, but not quite fully emotionally engaged at that time. Well, yeah, so but that was how I realised... That, that showed me that the game was obviously the best thing ever. So I realised that, and then I became quite engaged with it. Right. So that would have been... Well, I think I must have been in kindergarten around then. Yeah. So, and then, uh, obviously... Things didn't get much better from there. <laughs> if you refer as being a Tigers fan, they made they made the finals the next year, and then was a pretty steady decline into mediocrity, and then wooden almost wooden spoonerism. Yeah. Um, and I, I would say for a good couple of years, I probably switched off. Wow. I didn't really have much to do with the game. This between, is news to me. Al. Between the hours of the hours between the years of say, let's say ninety three, probably I probably going back into it around ninety six when the Super League War sort of took off. Right, right. I suddenly felt someone was going to take the like the Tigers away from me, mm. and that didn't sit well with me at all. Something sparked inside me. Something got me quite quite you know, um, I, I, it kicked me into action. Yeah. And I was at the local Franklin's. Uh, Franklin's was still a thing back Franklin's. then. No frills, and I was, yeah. I'd bought something, a pack of M&Ms or whatever, and I was looking at the shopper dockets on the, the back of my receipt, and there was a two-for-one deal for a game at Leichhardt Oval. It must have been, I think it was against the Gold Coast. Oh, I thought you were going to say Tigers membership. <laughs> no, yeah. It was a two-for-one deal, two for one deal. to uh, go and see the Tigers play the Gold Coast Chargers at Leichhardt Ooh. Oval. Yes. Martin Bell was still playing <laughs> yeah. And I gathered a whole bunch of mates and said, all right, let's just, let's just go. It's on Sunday afternoon. And then I think I went to every single game after that. 
Wow. Did you? You had it went with a bunch of mates. You had to buy a few things at Franklin's to get a few shopper dockets. <laughs> like, how did that work out? I think I think I oh, actually right. do think I ruffled through the like the scraps of the because at Franklin's they just chuck the bags out. You have to pack them yourself. Back oh, in the day. Yes, so yeah. like I went to the bagging table Good and I, I found yeah. some. Uh, and then um, from that point on, when the Super League war kicked in, I felt compelled to con- to defend this team. Like that, if 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 I wasn't there. Uh, you know, spruiking their calls throughout the community and like amongst my friendship group and telling everybody how big a deal it is and yeah. why they should care, that they'd, they'd get taken away. And You're the modern day Laurie Nichols. <laughs> <laughs> is that accurate? Yes, I think that's entirely accurate. And I look better in a, in a singlet as well. Well done. Um, and it's, I guess it, it sort of grew from there. So, and throughout the Super League War, like, I don't, I, it's probably too early to start talking about the Super League War, but uh, I, I think there's a, there was. In principle, the Super League World was actually a, a great idea. Wow. It was just executed terribly. But anyway, let's, we, we let's might, for another we day. Might dedicate a uh, Super League special. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from there, yeah, I, I I was always at Leichhardt Oval. I, I remember going to their last game in the driving rain against Newcastle. They won twelve ten, and I remember giving like this Black Panther style salute <laughs> to Craig Field as he as he left the field. He looked at me. He engaged me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, despite all the things that's happened to him since, that was still a really that's still a great a, a great memory of mine. And then through the whole Super League merger, West Tigers thing, um, I still felt this obligation, and not not obligation is the right word. I guess this passion to yeah. to whip up what kind of interest I could in uh, in other people about my team. Mm-hmm. And it was then that I realised that. Um, well, do I care more about the team or do I care more about the game? Good question. And I sort of figured, well, like, I love the team, but the team isn't anything without the game. Right. I want the game to survive, so... That would have been your first progressive thought. Yeah, and that was when I I threw my weight behind the West Tigers. Uh, I realised, you know what? Uh, You were doing it for the game, not for yourself. You were supporting the West Tigers... For the game. Of course. That's very progressive. Thank you very much. (laughs) And it was at that point, yeah, where I realised... Well, yeah, do I want the game to survive? I do want the team to survive. Would I rather keep the team and lose the game? Definitely not. No. So that's why, that's why I decided, I, I knew, I realised from that point on that it's the game that must, it's the game that has to grow. It's the game that has to lead the way. Yeah. And this, you, you can't just think about how it affects you and your team. A game, you can't have a team from Balmain, like Balmain, a little harbourside enclave of Sydney, <laughs> as a professional sporting team. You just can't. <laughs> of rich people. Yeah. Let's point that yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, well, very briefly, my my story, I guess, is is probably a direct sort of link to a, the story of a going from childhood into adulthood. Mm. So I grew up going for the sharks because my father went for the sharks. Mm. The house that uh, the first house that we had as a family had a, our lounge room was painted sky blue with black white stripes wow. through the middle of the room. On the, the room. inside? On the, the inside, house. the lounge room. That's yeah. an intense living room. <laughs> it was the, you know, early 80s. Let's that's true. It was in vogue. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's what I grew up in. And then around kind of adolescence, when a teenage boy's starting to rebel a little bit, I, I had a moment of, why am I going for the sharks? Oh. Why am I going for the sharks? Like, just because my dad goes for the sharks? Oh, not my dad, I'm my own man. Yes. yes. Right? So I went, well, because we, we, I grew up on the Central Coast. Newcastle was 
you know, probably the closest team at that time, although we had the Bears still. Mm, it was probably borderline. Show. It was probably borderline, but I went with Newcastle anyway. You may yet have them again. Well, you never know. I've been reading that story for many years. <laughs> Ten years, oh, goodness. And so, yeah, I became a Newcastle fan and, uh, you know, was there for the 97 grand final. Not, not oh, wow. as a Newcastle fan. 2001, we probably Ooh. don't... Let's need to dwell that. on too much. No, that, I think that you probably would have preferred a loss. Well, for the game. As a masochist Parramatta fan. Yeah, well, John, I mean, yeah, to be honest, I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm saying to you now is that as an adult, I'm now stepping back and looking at that decision to break away from my father and the support of the Sharks and go, did I really need to do that? Wow. Should I have stayed as a Shark supporter? And so pretty much what I'm telling you is that my rugby league story is of being torn between two lovers. I don't know. I I, I sit back and I go over that decision in my head and Mm. I just don't know. Ultimately, was I meant to be a Shark supporter or was I meant to be a Knight supporter? Well, I, I, Slug, I don't think, I mean, that's, that's, Obviously, something you'll have to deal with internally. It's, it's a great, uh, it's, it's a, that's a great journey you're going to have to go on there. Yeah. But I would say one takeaway from that story is that yet again, rugby league has given you uh, the platform and the strength to make your own decisions and, and try and create your own personality. So in your informing your your breakaway from your father, yes, it was rugby league that gave you the impetus to to stand up and think independently. So your journey to progressive rugby league came via. Some some daddy issues. Is that is that fair? Mm. I, I don't think they're particular daddy issues to me. I think a lot of people, a lot of people have that. Uh, you know, teenage rebellion takes on a lot of forms. True. Mine True. just happened to involve rugby league and changing teams. I suppose those two teams that they're, they're both. Uh, you said they're they're sort of torn between two lovers. They're both potentially attractive lovers. I, I wonder mm. when uh, when it comes to the retirement of, of Paul Gallon, does Cronulla all of a sudden become more attractive as a lover? I, I would say so. Look, I, I feel at this point in time that I've made my bed and yes. now I'm lying in it as a night supporter. Yeah. But right? there's, there's glory in being a night supporter anyway. Yes. Surviving three wooden spoons in a row is, is glorious <laughs> and progressive. And this is going to be the year. That's well, what I say. Well, this is going to be the year. You heard it, you heard it from Al. Well, I, I don't say that. People are saying <laughs> that. People. Big Al. <laughs> All right, so that's that's a bit of a snapshot of who we are, where we're at, and why we're here, I would mm. say. So um, very briefly before we wrap up this session today, I guess we're recording this on the Tuesday before the NRL season starts. So, you know, we're two days away from the first game. Maybe just some quick thoughts on where Rugby League's sitting right now with the season about to start. We've had the obviously had the World Cup at the end of last year. We've just had the World Club Challenge a few weeks ago. Um, how are you feeling about it all? Uh, well, <clears throat> pardon me. I, I think Rugby League is in an excellent position right now, and we are on the precipice of something amazing. Off the back of easily one of the most successful World Cups in you know living memory, I'd say. Um, you've had the English Super League teams coming out, progressively trying to like playing games here to, to reach, reach a wider audience. You've got talk about expansion. Rugby League's ready to grow. Rugby League is ready. English Super League in Wollongong is one of the more progressive things uh, I've ever seen. <laughs> Kudos to them. Uh, look, uh, look, I appreciate your optimism, Big Al, but I don't share it as to, to that extent. 
Uh, rugby league has some issues with women. As progressive rugby league fans, we have to recognise that and understand that they are way behind when it comes to female um, enjoyment of the game versus the AFL. This is a large and cricket. This is a large can of worms to open at the end of yeah, the episode. I don't know how we're going to wrap up quickly when you just drop that one. But I mean, overall, and overall, it's something to think about. Also, I mean, write write ratings have ratings have gone down the last couple of years. Um, you know, crowds are down. Oh, yeah, so I mean, okay, fatty's, is that, is fatty's that, not on the footy fatty's show anymore. On the footy show is that still on? No, yeah. but I think I think that, that's a, that's a like that was a, a funny joke, but that's that's that is an indicator as for the corner that rugby league is about to turn. Ooh. Channel Nine. The, the company that has languished in painting rugby league as a terrible working class game mm-hmm. has finally realised that the rest of the world's moved beyond that. And so they've got rid of you know, the, the team that was a hilarious show back in 1992 or whenever they were popular. Right. And they've tried to revamp it. Yeah, a lot of that's got to do with cost-cutting as well. That's right. But still, I think it's a good indicator of where <laughs> all those stakeholders in the game realise... Mm. But I, I think they're related, the fact that rugby league over the last couple of years is just has plateaued a bit and probably you know lost a little bit of popularity and the fact that they're not uh moving with the times as quickly so maybe we'll see if they have turned that corner and if they do we'll see if it works i don't know well we should probably leave it there on that thought um if you have any thoughts about what progressive rugby league could mean to you or if you want to tell us your rugby league story, look for Progressive Rugby League on Facebook and on Twitter and send your story in. Connect with us. We'll, uh, we'll be back next week uh, after round one. See ya. Goodbye, folks. Bye, all.